0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast, where we interview female founders from all around the world on their success. And at Empire Life, we help and guide and support female founders in launching their personal online empire and their online presence with their true energy. And today, our guest is Melissa Fino. She is the founder of Love Your Life Community, best-selling author of Little Miss Perfect, and she also helps and guides and supports female entrepreneurs in breaking free of perfectionism. And I'll hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me today, Allison. Love connecting with you. Um, yeah, so I have been in life coaching essentially for six years, and I started right after graduate school. And just as we grow and evolve, I think it just turned into me turning into a business coach because I noticed that a lot of coaches came in with their their purpose of wanting to help other females or males, but didn't really have any of the business sense on the other side to put it all together. There's so many women out there and
0: men who are um, running businesses that are actually just hobbies. It's for sure. What do you consider a hobby? Is that when you're not like maybe covering your full expenses or you're not quite where you want to be or what, what would you consider? What do you mean by that? When you're not covering
1: your full expenses, when you're, when you're fully invested into your business and you're spending all of your time there and showing up and you're most likely on the hamster wheel doing the mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. over and over again but you're not covering your expenses and you're not bringing in any income.
0: And what do you feel? Well, that leads me into my first question. Even I feel like that is a challenge from what I've seen, especially with female founders is saying, I I had another call earlier today and she was saying that there's a personality test. Even she was telling me about where it says, I enjoy this and I don't enjoy X, Y, Z. And these areas that drain us, a lot of times it's really hard from what I've seen with some of my clients, and they've gotten to a point where they're okay with letting it go when when we support them. Though before that transitional period, before they're comfortable with saying, okay, I don't enjoy this, or I'm not good at this, I don't want to do it, and I'm going to let it go. Have you seen that as being a huge challenge in part of their up-leveling?
1: Oh, it's definitely a gigantic challenge because we want to have our hands in everything. But the truth is, we have strengths and weaknesses. And if we're spending so much time trying to do something that is not one of our largest strengths, we're wasting so much time on something that we could be massively successful at and bringing in more income.
0: And for sure. And with your, with being a selling author and little miss perfect, do you cover that also? And, and that's related to perfectionism. And I'm sure there's a lot underneath why we want to believe, well, I'm a one woman show and I, <laughs> I got all this figured out and I can do everything. <laughs> and I've been there and I'm saying from experience and I, I have a really hard time delegating, um, uh, that you, we're telling ourselves that I don't need to delegate. And then at some point, that shift of, I'm okay if they don't, I'm like what if, what if my teammate doesn't do it perfect? I'm okay with that.
1: That's so funny, <laughs> I have two, two thoughts about that, is that when you are a perfectionist or when you struggle for perfectionism by yourself or in your business, you also have expectations mm-hmm. for everyone else that they're going to produce <laughs> perfect results. <laughs> right? Yes. And you don't <laughs> tell them what your expectations are by right? any means. They're like uncommunicated expectations. <laughs> and the problem is, is that beyond the fact that they're uncommunicated, is that what I think is perfect and what you think is perfect is going to be two completely different things. Because mm-hmm. perfection is an illusion.
0: So it is. It's something, was, yeah. it was a huge uh, aha moment or download From the universe for me a few months ago as I was scaling my team that was a huge fear that I had as being a recovering perfectionist myself (laughs) I was like okay well what if they don't do it in the way even if I give them the guideline and I say this is exactly what I want to be done or even as a parent you tell your kid you you ask your kid to do something what if they get better at doing it over time? What if they evolve? What if they're doing it to the best of their possible ability in that moment and then they evolve because we all start somewhere the first time we do something. So stepping into that gave me so much more relaxation and power within myself of I'm happy, I'm grateful, they're getting it done. And they will get better at it over time Yes. Per- it is perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. Giving yourself the <laughs> grace and giving them the grace as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then you asked about Little Miss Perfect and Little Miss Perfect has nothing to do with uh, being a business owner, um, but it does have everything to do with perfectionism. <laughs> um, Little Miss Perfect is my story of not ever feeling good enough, not feeling mm-hmm. skinny enough, smart enough, pretty enough. Everything kind enough. Hmm. I always kind of felt that maybe there was some school of perfectionism that I didn't get invited to, mm-hmm. so I missed out on what everything else everyone else had, but I didn't have that. And so, Little Miss Perfect details my story of how I learned to love myself in all of the struggles that I went through, and how they just kept showing up as patterns because I was continuously um, repressing all of my emotions. And while I thought I was running away from them, I was running with them inside of me.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's true. There's that saying I love that wherever you go, there you are.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So true. So it was my process of, you know, learning to understand who I was, what my own values were, and dealing with everything
0: that was inside of me that I had been running away from for decades. That's true, and, and what were some of the things that, the challenges or the struggles that came up when you started uncovering those layers and, and dealing with them and, and well, see, seeing them and knowing that they are yeah. there? Um, you know, I think we all have the story that we carry with us, and it, it, it,
1: some of us have learned to use that story to catapult us into greatness and to make us stronger, but for so many of us, we use that story as a version to keep us smaller Mm. like a protective suit of armor, you know, this is the reason why I can't become something. And, um, for me, I was a high school dropout and I had dropped out of high school at 16 and I continued this pattern in my own life where I continued to drop out of community college and just everything in life. And then I found a job where I got comfortable and I kept that job for like a decade. And, (laughs) um, Yeah, I was very, very comfortable. And what ended up happening is that I got so comfortable that I didn't even realize that I was not happy. Um, And then, you know, in my early 30s, I lost my father. And he was a very big, he was my biggest cheerleader in life. And I think that he saw a lot in me that I didn't have... um, the courage to see. So um, after going through some of the grieving process, I started to realize that, you know, I had dreams. I had dreams previously when I was younger and I wanted to get to those dreams again. So I go through all of everything that was inside of me. And what had happened is in my twenties, I had, I had seen my parents argue. So I decided to mirror those patterns and I got in relationships where they were completely unhealthy Mm -hmm. and it was yeah only because I've been there (laughs) (laughs) we talked about this a little bit (laughs) yes but what I realized was that just because I saw those patterns when I was younger
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it didn't mean that I had to repeat them And I did for a while, but it was my turn to take responsibility for all of the things I was running from, for all of my insecurities, and to just actually sit down and start dealing with all of that. And once I did, it opened up the door for me to slowly begin to take action to become the woman that I wanted to become.
0: Amen. Yes. Yes to all of that. (laughs) Woo.
1: yeah and And, mm -hmm. no i was so so many of us have that experience in Mm -hmm. life and when you when you were
0: when you were going through this process or well i mean i actually i feel like every week i'm going through this process that something comes up as i'm creating Taking the responsibility and accountability, like you were talking about, that I'm actually the one who gets to create the space. I get to hold space for people to show up in the way that I would, the way that I will love and deserve and am worthy. And that I feel like that that's also tied to money and the energy of money. And as we grow in our worthiness and self-love, we then have the ability to have more money flow in. Because we're holding that space for what we deserve in our internal self love. That's another. That's another side of it. I feel like. And as you were going through this process, did you feel like you were in the darkness? Did you feel like you could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel? Or what, can you describe a little bit more? No, I was about that. I, I
1: I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. But mm-hmm. it took me a long time to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger, I was definitely very angry and almost combative, mm. and it was because I had been keeping all of my feelings inside of me for so long. So I think that when that happens, you know, you you break and get angry at the simplest simplest things and times, and you know, unexpected periods, and so that was me. And now that I've broke through and actually worked through all of those emotions. I don't recall any time recently where I've been angry or upset or it's just so much simpler to see that life is what it is and to be open to it in the same way that you're saying letting go of all that creates space for beautiful opportunities and possibilities.
0: It's true. I I feel like we were living a very similar life for a long time because I, I was talking about that the other day, how, well, there's some, addiction within my family and often kids that come from, from sometimes chaos and some seeing that and seeing a chaos outside of their house, in their house and addiction and kind of like a, a lack of mindset. Um, we don't know, we're not taught how to express our emotions or, it, it, and we do often hold a lot of anger and that comes I was told a lot of times, oh, you have such a bad temper. Oh my gosh, there you go again with your bad temper. And it took me a long time to accept that part of myself that I I have a lot of light and I get to decide how I'm going to direct this passion and ignite this light in which direction I want it to go. It doesn't have to go (laughs) towards anger because I don't know the words or how to express that. And also being a mom, I wanted to give my, my child the ability to express her emotions from a young age. And it's okay to be upset. It's okay to feel the anger, but to know that this is a passing feeling, this is going through us and we can let it go. We have control over how we are going to handle our feelings, our emotions. We also get to decide how we affect our environment. And it's not okay to affect, to affect our environment in that way, to take away from other people if we're not processing it. So at some point, it's like, okay, I need to process this in a healthier way. Uh, if I start feeling it come up where I'm getting upset, how am I going to communicate that? And I, actually, I think that's beautiful. I think it's
1: beautiful when you can recognize that you're carrying on like some familiar pattern yeah. and you can work to break it within yourself and then break the family pattern and teach your daughter differently, you know, how to heal, to, how to handle relationships in a healthy manner and communication feelings. It's just, I think that's amazing.
0: Thank you. But I, yeah, I've, I, feel like I look back my teenage years like, wow, I had a lot of anger, and will react in ways that were not really true to my character. Do you? What do you think that was because of? Uh, f- from seeing how people reacted as I was a child, from from thinking, oh, it's it's okay to start shouting at somebody because that's what what I see if if somebody is seeing things as a threat that maybe were not a threat if somebody was questioning me I might see that as a threat and start shouting at them in school or in sports and it wasn't that's at some point it's like that doesn't (laughs) provide like healthy kind of communication and I'm not getting my point across like they're not hearing me if I'm shouting at them, or I, you know, just lose my temper, that's not a good representation of who I actually am. And somewhere in my teenage years, after, especially after a few experiences where I was in a group of all girls or women, young ladies, and I really hurt some of the the young ladies with my tone, with my tone of voice, or what I expected of them, or Uh, And them crying and saying directly to me, like, I think you could have said that in a different way. And, And then I felt horrible in some of those experiences and reflecting on that. Why did I feel that I needed to react in that way? They're not a threat to me. They're not, they weren't trying to upset me. I'm really uncovering how can I fully hear them? I'm not seeing or hearing them and they don't feel validated. And that's not a good way to lead a team. They're trusting me in some of those experiences, like I'm team captain or they're trusting me in a lead position and I'm not doing a service to them with that, with that way of leading. That sounds like very mature conversations at a young age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with, with so many people cry at your, you know, because you said something, it's like, why am I making these people cry? Like, that's not okay. You know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I know. I'm like, yeah,
1: you definitely were not the only one I was, I was, I was doing that as well. Uh, But the difference is for me is that I had no idea at that point in time that I was doing it. You know I didn't even know that I was doing it essentially to be able to define why I was doing it I didn't even realize that that I was acting differently.
0: Mm. I remember one girl on one of my teams she was the tallest girl in the whole school she was already five nine in sixth grade I think so she was over six foot like in high school one of the best like the tall best basketball players and she will cry if someone even raised her voice she was like a big teddy bear (laughs) and she was also kind of mirroring that for me like (laughs) i'm way smaller than her and she's crying if i slightly raise my voice or i have a tone that's kind of uh demanding or you know uh, not necessarily aggressive but like you're gonna do this and so also learning people some people do respond well to you being really direct with them I was explaining this to my daughter the other day and some people you need to take them to the side and tell them privately in a really gentle way so kind of adapting to what somebody feels seen and heard on and how they're going to respond and and then that even leads into being a business owner and how you're leading your team and how each person is going to respond and having a healthy relationship with them and the end like looking at the end products like we were talking about at the beginning what is it that I want or if you're a team captain or you know leading anything what do I want my team to go towards and then how do we all get there in the healthiest best way and everybody feels validated and heard seen even if we don't agree with their ideas all the time or they don't agree with my ideas how do we still all collect, come to a consensus and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. A question came up for me. I was like, how do you handle anger now? I feel it. I'm like, wow, I'm really angry. And I, I, I acknowledge it and I welcome uh, having anger or, or this like really intense drive ambition, which is a natural part of my personality. And or I'll say, it, I'll just call it out loud, like, I'm, I'm feeling really frustrated right now, or I'm feeling really angry. I feel like this didn't quite go the way that I thought it was going to go, and maybe I just need to <laughs> meditate or lay down on the floor, or I just need some space, or I'll, I'll be very intent- intentional with being okay. It's okay to, to feel that way and let it pass. And yeah. understand where, it, where it's coming from. Or I'll ask myself, why am I triggered right now? Why did that really upset me? How about you? Yeah.
1: How do you? Well, handle- I, I'm the exact same way. I was thinking about like how I'm different now when I'm around people who have a lot of anger. Hmm. And, and I, I just completely close off.
0: hmm
1: like I don't want to be around it because I know that there's obviously like a whole lot of stuff underneath that people that they they need to work through and mm-hmm. it just it so it's it's definitely something that closes me off. Um, but for me personally, I, I do need my own space to just process things. And um, I'm a big crier. I cry at everything. Mm. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like it's like the best thing in the me world, too. you know. It's kind of like, <laughs> good cry
0: <laughs> it is let it flow and sometimes meditations are meant for that I feel like too like our, our breathing work it's just mm-hmm. that, you know you just got to release yeah for sure. <laughs> and I, I wanted to go to so what when you're going through this process when you're releasing how do you let go of any resistance that comes up or how do you what does that even feel or look like for you as you are shedding, you know, these beliefs or starting to make new beliefs?
1: Yeah. So I, with me for like, when I started to shift and started to change the different things that I was doing in my life, it involved me going back to community college and, you know, eventually college and eventually graduate school and, and these different things. And what I realized personally is that I cannot never begin to do things unless I'm, taking action. So it's definitely like one actionable step will lead to another. And um, when I was most insecure and uncomfortable in myself, I had the most resistance in my life because I was so concerned about what everyone else was thinking about Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So now it's like, I don't really care what you think anymore (laughs) because I'm living my life. (laughs) I'm doing what I want. And at the end of the day, like, It's my head that's hitting the pillow and, you know, like, so I just find myself more free with who I am. Mm -hmm. So I believe that there's a lot more resistance. I think that sometimes I had a, a little awakening over the weekend as a business owner and was realizing that sometimes you get so wrapped up in the process that you forget about your purpose and your impact. And I had one of those um, realizations over the weekend, and I was like, Melissa, you need to take a step back and you need to start focusing on creating more like free stuff for everyone. And then everything else always comes to you, but like focus on your purpose and why you're here. I was starting to get a little lost, I believe, in the, you're doing the same thing over and over again. I feel that since I've just wrote Little Miss Perfect, it just became the bestseller. And then the last month I've kind of like been racing to like pick up things that I had been ignoring while I was writing the book, <laughs> which was months of stuff. So I was just racing around and trying to do all these different things. And like, I needed to give some of my work to someone else.
0: <laughs> mm, I love it. And what did you come back? Cause this is what I'm called to do. This is my impact. Well, what did that look like for you? oh, you know, it's going back to your why. Like, why did you be, Why did
1: you begin this process? For me, my why wasn't about money or creating the most epic flow in my system. My why was about changing women's lives so that they could become confident to learn to show up and not carry their stupid story of what happened to them when they were 16 years old <laughs> into today. Because a lot of us have a story and some of them are not, putting some of them are traumatic, some of them are tragic, but when we continuously bring them into today, it's our responsibility because it's our thoughts that are bringing it into the moment that we're in, and we can control that.
0: I completely agree that that brought me back to a time I was in a I was in a one-on-one, or that was when we were still meeting in person sometimes with people, and I was meeting a prospective client in person, and she directly asked me, well, it seems like you just had the perfect life from talking to you that you are so, she was making very definite statements, like, I feel you are grounded and centered, and you must have just had nothing that happened in your life. To throw you off of of being centered. It's almost like I I see you holding on to a life raft and you just have this internal life raft. And sometimes I felt that I'm trying to find that life raft and I'm drowning. And and then I hold on to it for a little while and I'm suffering and I let it go and I'm drowning again. And well, I guess that's easy for you because you've had it perfect. And she she didn't know me, you know, like my no. my background, and I was like, well, so I've been through a lot, and and I, I feel that it's about processing it and letting it go. Le- well, learning from it, understanding those lessons, and then letting it go, and it's a continuous process. And as you do let those go, and they you let them make you stronger and more grounded and more centered and then to show up for people to guide them through that process. That's more of where I'm at. And she's like, I, I just have a hard time believing that I just see that you grew up in this huge house and you had everything you needed and your family was really loving and supportive. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure where that's coming from. Besides that she's seeing a different side or she's seen abundance mindset or like this lightness and and groundedness, that's where I thought that she, why she was making those comments. But I, I found it really interesting that we do, it, there's, there's a lot of different layers to that. But that was part of her story of somebody else must have had it better than me. And that's why they get XYZ instead of starting to go into processing her own, her own things. And if they had that story, they, get, they deserve that. And I had a different story, so I don't deserve it. I mm-hmm. and I came at it from a lot of compassion, but like you were saying, as we process our own our own stories, we do feel lighter, <laughs> grounded, centered, and we have we have that ability. We have that in our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: one of my biggest ones, and it's just from what you were saying as well, is that you know oftentimes the judgments that we feel or the that we feel about someone else or, or that they feel about us is, it's always pointing to insecurity or something that unresolved feeling that they have within them that they haven't resolved yet. But it's like, when that happens, they don't know that that's why it's actually happening. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like, if you looked at me when I was 16 years old and told me I was angry, I'd be like, sure who are you telling i'm angry i don't know what you're talking about yeah
0: i smile all the time i love my friends i have a great time in life that's maybe you would say something like that oh yeah yeah
1: um that's funny i actually talk about that, in my book, is that i'm always like i was always the person who's like
0: great smiling energetic you know
1: and then underneath was a facade of something different um but yeah that's something that i also learned when i was younger too is that because I'm hundred percent Portuguese and then we brought like a lot of the culture into our home when I was younger.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And for this is something that I noticed within my home and within the community that I was in is that most of the women were extremely judgmental Mm. and they were always people pleasers. They always put everyone else in front of themselves. And I think that it just showed up that way because a lot of them were immigrants that had unresolved issues and they didn't want to talk about those different things. So they always, they just started to develop this. What's the word for it? I haven't heard the word in so long. Uh, gossip.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't heard that word. That, in so was, long.
0: that was like fulfilling. They thought it was fulfilling them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it wasn't at all. And so when I was younger, I just always I saw that pattern, the gossipiness, and I always thought mm-hmm. I was really judgmental of other women when I was younger.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: took so long to realize that it wasn't anything to do with them.
0: Oh, it's so true. And when I'm around that, um, I'm almost like, why? Why are we doing this? Because <laughs> it happens still, so, you know. Yeah, it, it like around the family, and I'm like, wait, well. Let's talk about something that can actually improve our lives. Yeah. Although I, I aim to not judge them and accept them to where, where they are, where they're coming from, and that they're still holding the belief that this is fulfilling me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't hold any judgment to that. And I listen and hold the space. But I usually don't, you know, continue or add to, I'm not able to go there anymore with them. Yeah. I'm
1: with you on that I, I think that because of who I am now it's the we talked about earlier that mirror thing like who you are as a person you tend to surround yourself with the same people so if you're exuding those energies then obviously the people around you are going to be the same so I don't think I'm surrounded by women who gossip or have the tendency to talk about other people but it does come up every once in a while and when it does I'm always like what can we do to change the subject here? <laughs> <to> come up. <laughs> What's going on? Why? <laughs> and then I'm also like, "Here, maybe you should eat an apple because maybe you're hungry and like your sugar is low." Well.
0: <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, okay. Usually I, I acknowledge them if if it comes up. Like and I'm specifically talking about with family because I I haven't you, know, you don't choose your family, but I love my family and that's really the only, that's all I can remember. That's the times that it's come up because I don't feel like I'm attracting that in my personal life or in business. But when that does, I'm like, okay, okay. I hear you. Do you feel that as you've
1: grown, maybe your family has shifted as well in some ways? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, they don't, they don't do that very much around me. Um, and I used to have, I used to have, so I have better boundaries now, but I used to have a somewhat looser boundaries around people confiding in me about other people, what other people did in the family. And I would like, and even going to the point where I would like you to say that to them, I would like you to go talk to them about this. <laughs> they'll listen to you better than they'll listen to me or they had a story of, I won't get through to them. They're not, they're not hearing me, it, it, especially with my parents. And at some point, it was like, I'm not doing that for you. Uh, <laughs> last time, they bit my head off, and I was just a messenger. Uh, you know, a few times that happened, too, And because it's not good boundaries. And, like, I think that if you say this to them, maybe probably you'll get through to them hearing you and intuitively I'm feeling like they may say this back to you and then you can say this kind of guiding them and having the open communication but taking myself out of the equation instead of letting it drain me and giving too much and not you know then receiving kind of unhealthy things back a lot of times not uh, putting myself in the best situation <laughs> how about you? Did you have that experience too?
1: I love this shift in life. I just love it so much it 's like now that I've stepped forward into my most authentic self and like I actually shared stuff in the book that i hadn 't shared with my family before, so I had to let mm-hmm. them read it you know before and but even before the book like. I now have these better relationships with my family, and it's no longer centered around negative things. And mm-hmm. we like send each other meditations, and we, <laughs> say we appreciate each other, and like you know, just those beautiful acts of kindness every day that I didn't have when I was younger, and it's so I love it now.
0: I feel the same. Yeah, I, I that happens every day now too for me. Where and like, thank you so much for doing this, or just just showing them how much I appreciate it, or I was even telling my dad the other day, like, I couldn't have done this without you and your support, and I think he he almost started crying, Mm -hmm. and it was true. It was from my heart. It was true. I maybe wouldn't have been able to admit that years ago or get vulnerable in that way. Yeah. Because I wasn't raised like that, like, you know, that was part of my story of needing to let go of, I don't have to handle all of this. I don't have to do everything on my own. I don't have to be the strong one all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need support and help too. And he was really there for me, showed up for me in that way and was in allowing that space for, for him to show up for me in that way and, yeah. and, and see me in the way that I see myself now that, yeah and I, I need support too i need people there for me like i'm there for them yeah um, i had a similar
1: experience with my mother um because i feel bad because my mom in, in the first couple of chapters my mom of little miss perfect my mom gets a little bit of the wrath because i talk about my childhood mm-hmm. and a lot of experiences that brought me into what it is today um but i told her a couple of days ago because what a lot of people see me, they call me the queen of resilience. <laughs> it's like, one of my best friends called me that, and I was like, I love it so much. Like, it's just because I'm always like, you're going to knock me down. I'm just going to get right back up. It's okay. It like, might take a little bit longer the next time, but it's okay. Um, so I told my mom, I ha- had a conversation with her. I was like, Mom, I know you've been having like, a rough time with some mm-hmm. of these things, with her, her family reading the book and different mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, I want you to know that you are the reason that I am the queen of resilience. Oh, she's so the reason because she was always like, okay, I'll go. She came here when she was 16 years old. Mm. She got her GED. She was always working three or four jobs. She always taught herself how to do everything. She climbed the corporate ladder. like So yeah, she learned.
0: She taught me to be resilient. Through her actions and her words, and like you can do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was she was stubborn as all, all heck,
1: but <laughs> she definitely she definitely modeled those behaviors, and it may have taken a while for me to adopt them. But yeah. How did she respond to that? Oh, she was definitely appreciative, and then she couldn't stop talking about it.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm sure that took a lot of vulnerability on, your, on for you too. Yeah, but that's like, that's the
1: beautiful space that I believe that both of us are in right now is that mm-hmm. we, we're no longer running from those feelings and we're just happy to be.
0: Oh, I love it. Love hearing that and it's almost like you don't even think anymore. Oh, I'm being vulnerable. It's just it's just a natural state that, that you're in. And then you yeah. allow the space for her to be in that. And that's just beautiful.
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's definitely something that happens when you deal with all those inner demons, and you just can just show up authentically and, and not worry about judgment or insecurity or anything else it's just yeah and it's definitely not one of the easiest things to learn to do or to master but to get your whole life back in that way is definitely worth it
0: it is it is worth i believe that too and and when when we're about to hop off i was wanting to know if there's three things or three to five things that you would like to leave the audience with that perhaps you wish you had known before you started this journey or you wish somebody had told you or like if you were mentoring somebody right now and saying okay you're starting on this this business journey or this personal development this is what I wish I knew yeah every woman that I've ever worked with it's the same thing like
1: they carry a story with them, and that holds them back. And that, so I, I I'm always living by: you are not your story. You are not that mm-hmm. negative thing that repeats in your head. You're not those thoughts that keep processing over and over again. And for so many, I believe that they think those thoughts have repeated for so long that they become their false reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're not really true. They're not. Um, and then for business owners, as far as like. Starting out and just showing up every day, my biggest mantra that I tell myself all the time is, um, "Allow your purpose to be greater than your ego." So it just kind of is that reminder that you're here for a reason, and it's not to let your insecurities take the front seat and you know to keep you small and minimize you. Um, hmm. Oh, you don't have to do what she does. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing for so. Wow, that's people,
0: huge! Right when they're that's first huge. starting, mm-hmm. yeah, it can be super like, overwhelming as you start seeing. I remember having those feelings. Like, oh my gosh, that person's in skiing in Colorado, and or anything you see you see online. And sometimes we need to let go of social media, especially refocus on our purpose. Meditate, pray, come back and go go inward and also give grace, like give compassion to that. Wow, or this person got a a new luxury car, like that is awesome. And I'm so proud of her.
1: Yeah, I'm loving what you're doing right now as well. It's totally what we're talking about, how you're taking a month off of social media. You're taking this time off to like reconnect and and be present for yourself.
0: That's. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank needed. you. Thank yeah, you. it is. It feels so good. It feels somewhat scary, but it feels mm-hmm. so good. Scary because you're afraid you might miss something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the FOMO and, and like, oh my gosh, well, what, are people gonna just drop off? Or are they gonna disappear? If they don't hear from me. So like having that, my people are gonna be there for me and my people that love me and support me want what's best for me too. And they're going to support me through this. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they do.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, uh, how, how can people get in touch with you, Melissa? What's the best way? Yeah. So, um, I my website, my <laughs> socials
1: are all the same. It's love your life community and, um, little miss perfect is on Amazon. Um, so you can, find that there. And yeah, thank you very much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for joining us.